0: Welcome to another edition of the Icy Takes podcast. On this end, it's Big Dave. It, this is a little different now. Uh, this isn't Jeff. I, I believe this is Zach. Zach, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, Dave, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, no problem. You filled in us. You filled in uh, with us before. It was a uh, our introduction to season two, was what we called it. But you know, back in the saddle. No, Jeff, Zach, you're filling in. For Jeff, how big are these shoes?
1: I honestly need to go get fitted for some new shoes because I, I don't know what to do right now. Um, I was under the assumption I'd be on with both of you guys, and it's going to be a, a heavy baseball conversation that we'll get into. But now, an avid hockey guy as myself needs to prepare. I don't have a lot
0: of time. I mean, you almost need to be like Jared McCann and uh, Nick dad who come in chugging Red Bull for the Canadian <laughs> National Anthem for the Penguins game.
1: Thanks for uh, making a comparison to something I can understand. I, I uh, yeah, that means I got to get going real quick.
0: Yeah, chug, chugging Red Bull is what you do best, right? But yeah, maybe the hockey equivalent of that is a pink Whitney. <laughs> that stuff's everywhere now. I, I seem like a, I can't avoid it. I'm
1: literally staring at a bottle right now. Uh, I have one for display on my nightstand. It is everywhere.
0: Well, if you start slurring at the end, I'll understand why. <laughs> uh, stay, tuned. stay tuned. All right, so. So, if are you, you're not trying to really impersonate Jeff, because if you are, you might have to get a little more cantankerous towards in the middle of the show. Do you think you can handle that, or you're just going to be yourself?
1: Uh, I'm going to be myself partly because I'm not a big Atlanta Braves guy, so I don't think anything I can do would fill Jeff's shoes or anything he'd be pleased with what I say.
0: So, okay. All right. So can't replicate um, this. So before we get into this, uh, spoiler: this is going to be a huge prediction. Show. Predictions show. Um, I usually can't talk early on, I don't know why, but it's going to be a lot of predictions today. But before we get into that, Zach, you do something else when it comes to, I guess, I don't know, internet media, online media, trolling media, if you want to even call it that. Like, so what are you doing?
1: Uh, yeah, so, uh, we are about to dive into the fifth year of Pens of Anarchy. Um, those of you that have followed us, many of you have probably unfollowed us um, for our <laughs> controversial very hot takes. Uh, tomorrow kicks off a new year. Uh, we've been fairly quiet this offseason. Um, obviously, a lot of us are still angry at the Penguins. We had a little happiness, a little Jack Johnson trade scare come through last probably three days, and uh, that has since been nixed. Uh, so we're back to being angry again. Uh, we really haven't done a lot of offseason writing, uh, mainly because we just don't have the time or the will. But uh, we are back. I uh, look forward to a game day tomorrow. Pens take on the Sabres Thursday. We're going to put out a day before. Um, you can follow along at, on Twitter, at Pens of Anarchy. And my personal Twitter, at Morris 82 if you haven't unfollowed me yet.
0: What are the odds of the Pens winning or losing this opening night game against the Sabres? <laughs> um, I think it's very good. Um,
1: I like Buffalo's team, Uh, although I found out that Buffalo will not be wearing their new third white jersey for this opening night. Um, I don't know if you got the chance to see the jersey, Dave, but they've got white gloves and uh, I love a jersey with white gloves, but they are not wearing that. So, um, you know, I think it's gonna be a close game if they were wearing it. Buffalo would win by six goals. (laughs) <laughs> well Looks i think like they also a...
0: have like gold trim in their yeah in their unis as well which i i completely uh approve of that move the uh the thumbs up move is going up for me right now so i'm um, i'm all about that i just i need to find this line that there's no line yet so i'm kind of mad about that we're off to a fantastic start where i'm already cursing out the world so let's just get into it how how about it zach <laughs> well
1: let's do it let's do it my friend
0: So even though I said it was going to be a heavy prediction, predictions show, we're going to start off with a couple managers that got, um, got escorted off their team. If, if you will, uh, Zach, who are those names that we're bringing up?
1: So we are going to talk with the, uh, very lovable. We're going to talk about the very lovable Joe Madden, the, uh, now former Cubs manager and, uh, a little hometown hero here, Clint Hurdle, um, Brought the Pirates to the postseason for the first time since like 1836. Um, they were both relieved of their duties on Sunday.
0: All right. So let's talk about the Clint Hurdle one first, because, you know, being a, me being associated as a Pirates fan, I would say you're kind of a Pirates fan as well, right? So
1: I, uh, I was a Pirates fan. I, 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 where I stand on this is I root for the players on the team. I don't root for the front office. I don't root for the organization as a whole. Um,
0: All right. I've, so, what yeah. you saying, you root for the players. Would that also include the manager?
1: Yeah. I, I, I think Clint Hurdles definitely went during his tenure here, made some questionable decisions and whatnot. Uh, never forget when he started Sean Rodriguez at first base in the wildcard game over Pedro Alvarez. Um, but I think overall, he was an easy scapegoat um, and a deflection sort of for this
0: organization i think what really maybe killed clint hurdles if you want to say mojo even though they went on to the postseason postseason the next two years um, and subsequently didn't score a run in those two years but if you go back to 2013 he was presented with as he said the toughest decision of his managerial career which was game five against the cardinals and debating whether to start A.J. Burnett, who got rocked in the first game, or Garrett Cole, who had a pretty stellar game, too, and got the first win of the series for the Pirates. And ultimately, he did end up going with Garrett Cole. And although, you know, Pedro Alvarez supporting the only run of the game for the Pirates, Garrett Cole also couldn't shut down what was a hitting machine of the Cardinals. And I think at that point, everything was just going downhill. Even though they made the playoffs the next two years, he, he had the talent to do it, to make the playoffs. He couldn't get above that next step with the pitchers he went up against with Madison Baumgartner and Joe Madden. Uh, or, yeah, Joe Madden. He just yeah. happened to you know, manage that team. And Jake Arrieta, uh, yeah. those two were freaks going into those games. Um, I think Clint Hurdle, while being dealt a bad hand after 2015, like you said, made a lot of questionable calls yeah
1: um certainly i just uh you know i always thought that the pirates after the sniff of the wild card uh you know all their wild card especially getting to play the cardinals back in 2013 i thought that they always go to that next level and like maybe add someone or, or something like that and their roster it just seemed to progressively get worse and uh naturally you're trotting guys like eric gonzalez and them out this year and uh you know like, I, I do fault hurdle as we were just mentioned for a lot of those, but uh, I think as a GM and as an owner, I, I you were so close, why not build on top of that? Um, I don't th- I, I think Garrett Cole was gone either way, I really do. Um, I just the way they went about some of these moves and how they regressed so fast is kind of unreal to me.
0: Yeah, I would say that Garrett Cole was out the door because he couldn't. Get more money, even though he was still on his rookie contract, because of, I mean, not how as well as he's pitching now with the Astros, but for him essentially being the ace of the staff and the Pirates saying, Well, we already gave you that huge bonus. We're going to wait it out until, you know, the contract's over with. And, you know, that was a no go and going into arbitration and they move him to Houston. So in the end, do you think it's a good move or a bad move or it doesn't matter move by the <laughs> pirates doing this? Um, you know,
1: honestly, since you brought up the third option, I, I think it falls into that it doesn't matter. Um, if they were going to do this, I, I would have relieved Huntington of his duties as well, because I can easily fault the drafting and the lack of, uh, signing talented free agents. They'll surely sign someone, uh, see Lonnie Chisholm Hall who didn't play a single game this year. Um. Those was the easiest two and
0: a half million dollars anyone's made ever.
1: Absolutely. I, I'm honestly envious of Lonnie Chisnall and I, I don't know how big your following is, but if Lonnie Chisnaw is listening right now, like congrats to you, bud. Like uh, <laughs> you know, like that's incredible that you literally just stole two point five million dollars. Um, but no, I, I, I think uh, I think if you had to fire hurdle, then you had to uh, get rid of Huntington too. I, I don't think anything changes with Huntington still being there. Granted, Bob Nutting's not gonna give you more money. You still need to be able to draft, and the Pirates have seemed to miss that too. And that trade for um, Chris Archer, you can say what you want about Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now not finding their stuff, but I think they pulled the trigger too soon. I do agree that change of scenery can be good in some, in some instances, but uh, I don't know, man. Uh, watching what those two have done down in Tampa and watching Chris Archer just slowly die here is just, I don't know. you got to be um, accountable for that.
0: I'm too late to I'm too, too late and also too lazy to pull up the stats right now of what Austin Meadows did in Pittsburgh last year during his major league 10 year, but if I remember correctly, for a 400 batting average in the first nine games, shouldn't be any reason to trade a man who was on the cusp of being in your starting outfield the next year. I understand the Tyler now trade. He was pretty much hated by fans because of how praise he was coming up and just couldn't find his, his footing, if you want to say, in yeah. the majors with the Pirates. And change of scenery, like you said, can work for anyone. But um, the awesome Metas moves confused me. And it's too early for Shane Baz, but he is probably going to do amazing stuff for the Rays as well. So I don't know. I, I'd say this is a a good move because of you're getting rid of someone who I – in my at least in my head and maybe sometimes on social media have ridiculed moves that even with a subpar team, you were able to win a lot of games, a lot of games that you weren't supposed to win last year, and you lost a lot of games that you shouldn't have in the first half of the year. And they they could have set themselves up for another mediocre eighty two win season that some people were at least happy about last year, but it it just all fell apart after the all-star break. So I think it's I think it's a good move. But like you said Huntington needs to go as well. There's like a lot of people need to go. It's not just yeah. h- hurdle that needs to be out of here.
1: Ray Searage, the miracle worker, he hasn't worked. I, I no way. Uh, I was going to say, I wanted to throw this in there real quick because I actually do have it up. Austin Meadows this year uh, hit just under 300 at 291, 33 home runs, 89 RBIs, and 12 steals. And I'm pretty sure he missed almost a month of time with injuries too.
0: Yeah, so, he, he might have been able to get 40 home runs. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's, yeah. 40 home runs, 100 RBIs, maybe even 15 steals. That's, <laughs> that's MVP-like numbers right there.
0: All right. So Joe Maddon, um, he was excellent for the Cubs. He completed the mission that only Frank Chance, him and Frank Chance have the only thing in common, and that is be the manager of the Cubs while winning a World Series. After that, he made three consecutive NLCS appearances from his first year, I believe, to 2017 when they got beat by the Dodgers, and after that, 2018, they fell short of the division and in Game 163. They fell in the wild card game to the Rockies, I believe, in extra innings, and then this year, could not make it to the playoffs, had a horrendous last part of September where you lose four in a row right. at home. To your rival, the Cardinals, to basically kick you out of, uh, kicked them out of the division, and ultimately got them out of the wild card as well. But I mean, there's nothing to say but uh, this was a positive ride for Joe Madden, who I believe averaged 98 wins a season with this Cubs team. So I don't know. This is probably the the best time as to be a Chicago Cubs fan with those five years.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, about Joe Madden. I think it was one of those things where, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you saw the picture on social media, him and Epstein were like, legit hugging Epstein, their uh, GM, like, like I, I think it was a positive departure, kind of like a, like you said, you completed the mission kind of thing. Now it's, uh, you know, we both need this change of scenery. And, you know, Joe Madden's a sought out manager. He's going to get a job as soon as, you know, clubs are called. I'm sure clubs are already talking to him if, if that's doable right now. But I mean, it's just, uh, he's going to get a job. He'll be back again next year managing probably a another contender maybe like the Phillies or something like that if they decide to get rid of Kapler but um yeah I, I think it was just as we discussed uh change of scenery I think that was just that for him uh and I'm sure the Cubs will bring someone else in that probably just is experienced I feel like correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm I'm not as baseball versed I feel like baseball just recycles so many managers I mean every now and then a new one will get the uh, get a crack but like I feel like it's just a bunch of recycled managers going to and from, but somehow their philosophies sometimes stick in different, you know.
0: Well, I think them. sometimes I don't know if you had just mentioned it right there, but the message will get stale in some clubhouses, even yeah. with prior success. I mean, the Dodgers aren't going to be making the World Series every year. There's other teams rising in the NL, and even though the the Dodgers are consistently the number one overall seed the last three years, going into the the playoffs, it's eventually going to run dry. I believe even if you have this luxurious amount of talent going through your system, the message gets dry if you don't win. And even if you do win, it just doesn't get dry as quickly.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I just, I don't know. I like, like you said, I don't think, I don't think there was anything negative about Madden's tenure there. I mean, they had, you know, obviously how they ended this year. Sure. In the grand scheme of things, as a Cubs fan, you haven't seen a World Series in what was it, 108 years?
0: I mean, oh, or at least a World Series. Uh, no, even an, an appearance, I believe. Or no, the last appearance was in 45. Okay. So, a I World mean, Series have, victory. Yeah. And in over years. Yeah. So, all right. Um, but yeah, that was probably the not the perfect timing for Joe Madden to leave, but it's almost like that eerily, like, and, and maybe this is the right move. But yeah. Let's see who fills in the shoes for the Cubs because if they don't make the playoffs next year, they're gonna they might be a little mad as if you're a Cubs fan. Watch Clint Hart will go to them. <laughs> well, they just swap teams. Yeah, they just swap. Uh, no, it I would hate that. Managers. <laughs> no, I, it, I I think I would hate that more just because of pride because of all of the garbage that Joe Madden has basically kind of directed towards the pirates and i'm using two instances when he mm-hmm. said that Zhang ho gung suffered fascia plantar fascia <laughs> and uh even though like you know his knee bent backwards and yeah. the even this year when he accused the pirates of throwing up and in and it looked like on fourth of july that joe madden wanted to th- shoot some fireworks at clint hurdle <laughs> who he's not the only manager that tried to get a sh- share, fair share on hurdle this this year
1: red's manager too
0: yeah, David Bell, he, David he Bell. was something else. My God. So, uh, Brad Ausmus got fired in Los Angeles after one season. He had 90 losses. Uh, Joe Madden being linked to that, I think he'll go to San Diego, but we'll see. Obviously, you get a better player with Mike Trout than Manny Machado. Um, and two two managers retired. Ned Yost of the Kansas City Royals brought them a World Series title in 2015, a World Series appearance in 2014, which also ended a 29-year playoff appearance drought in 2014 so you you talk about the pirates not making the playoffs since 1837 kansas city <laughs> didn't make it until 1776 mm-hmm. so and then bruce Bochi, who already had one nl pennant under his belt in san diego in 98 breaks the curse in san francisco winning in 2010 2012 and 2014 and i thought he was going to win every other year, yeah, it was every every year number year but it didn't end up that way he had close to 2,000 wins this year, 2003 to be exact, in his career. Um, Bruce Bochy, I mean, like you said, you're not that well-versed in baseball, but Hall of Fame manager, first ballot, maybe, Bruce Bochy.
1: I mean, he won three World Series within six years. I mean, yeah, right, two, four, six, even number of years. Within uh, five
0: years, actually.
1: Okay, yeah, you just you just solidified my case. I was going to say yes already. But yeah, five years for sure. Yeah. Um, Plus, yeah, didn't he hit a win milestone towards the very end too? I he's, he's 2000, in. two
0: thousand wins. He ended with two thousand and three. Two two thousand
1: and three, my god. Yeah, he's definitely and like I don't I don't really know what the barometer is for major league baseball managers and wins, but two thousand games. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. He'll be a yeah. first on Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, I mean, at least in a in a sport where you have a hundred and sixty two. That's what I was trying to back
1: my mind. Like a hundred and sixty two divided by like holy crap, like that's a lot.
0: Yeah. So and then Ned Yost, I mean, he, he did something that uh didn't happen for thirty years since eighty five when they won that World Series. Um he has a chance, but I don't think he ultimately gets it unless he continues somewhere else. So um I don't know, but that's up for another discussion. So yeah, Bruce Bochy ranks 11th all-time in wins, and everyone else around him, 1 through 12, is in the Hall of Fame. So now we just wait for him to get in. Yeah, he'll get in. All right, so it is prediction time. We kind of you know, kind of went on a little tangent there, but yeah. it's prediction time, Zach. Let's do the MLB awards. What do we got first? Absolutely. Uh,
1: let's start with the AL Manager of the Year.
0: Okay. All right, so... A lot of good contenders here, but I think ultimately you got to go with Aaron Boone. This is the this is the manager who's done back to back 100 win seasons now, won the division this year. Came had a wild card last year because Alex Cora, who may have got shafted on the AL Manager of the Year last year because of what Bob Melvin did in Oakland. Um, I don't know. Aaron Boone has had a ton of injuries this year and even if you have that much talent coming through your organization at AAA and AA, you're not expected to win over 100 games with essentially what is a AAA roster out there. He didn't have his ace all season long until September, and uh, I think that's enough for him to be manager of the year there. So I didn't really look at the other two running mates,
1: but I'll agree with you partly because Aaron Boone, like you said, back-to-back 100-win seasons – and I can get that Yankees lineup at some point in time throughout the entire year, especially the first few months, was depleted as all all heck. They didn't have anyone, and, he, and even they they had Giancarlo Stanton for like ten games all year. He's he's arguably been their biggest uh, free agent signing, in – or was he signed or traded? Whatever he it was traded. Okay. Either way, he, he one of their biggest acquisitions in recent memory, just pretty much stashed away on the bench just because he was hurt. So uh right. the Actually, they do what they did. Um, yeah, I, I would give it to him. And I hate the uh, Yankees.
0: And you could also put up a huge argument for Rocco Baldelli for what he did in Minnesota from last year when uh Paul Molitor, I believe, was the manager to what Rocco Baldelli did this year. Also another hundred win. Season, I think, tied their franchise record for most wins in a season. They came at they're they're the third seed. They play the Yankees in the first round, which we'll get into later. But there's an argument for Rocco Baldelli. But I think with all the injuries that occurred in New York, Aaron Boone kind of gets a slight edge over top of Mister Baldelli. So NL manager, NO manager of the year. Um, I'll I'll try to let you go first on this one. See who you think.
1: Uh, let's see here. NL manager of the year. Let me pull I mean, up... the, I mean
0: so there's a couple options here. You got Craig yeah. Council of the Brewers. You got Brian Snicker of the Braves. You got Davey Martinez of the Nationals. Mike Schilt of the Cardinals. I'm not knew... even going to include Dave Roberts in there. So those four. <laughs> well, I
1: knew, I knew the uh, Braves guy made it. I just couldn't think of, think of the name. Um, uh, you know, honestly, it's hard not to go Craig Council with the Brewers partly because they're just, they're never like a. They never. They're they're a uh, small markety kind of club, and the, the, what they did this year and what they've kind of been trending towards is is, is pretty impressive. Um, and you know, to rally the way that they did when Yelich busted his kneecap and missed the rest of the year, you know, to be doing all that without arguably, you know, he in the discussion for NL MVP, uh, you know, it's pretty insane. So I would probably go him.
0: I. I mean, you make a fair point with those. I'm also I'm I'm going to go differently here and I'm going to pick the Washington Nationals, Davey Martinez. They started out in the first 50 games, 19 and 31. And since those first 50 games, if I'm doing the the math in my head correctly, which bear with me, <laughs> the the next 112 games, they went 74 and 60 or Seventy four and thirty eight, I believe that makes sense. Yeah, seventy four and thirty eight after the first fifty games. So it was just a huge turnaround for Washington after the abysmal start they got off to. End the season on a, on a nine and one tear in the last ten. Fifty and thirty one home record, tied with the Braves, who they wouldn't play in the first round, but they lost the division to by four games. The Nationals get off to a better start in the season. They probably end up winning the division. Everyone kind of had them as an afterthought between the Braves and Phillies. You could argue the Mets, but they get attention every year because they're the Mets. So I'm going to have to give it to Davey Martinez.
1: Especially when you factor in that. I mean, that's not a bad pick, obviously. Especially when you factor in that Bryce Harper missed all 162 games for the Nationals this
0: year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he signed with another team. But <laughs> that was the joke, bud. <laughs> yeah, I know that, and that was me kind of going along with that joke, but playing. All right, I
1: whatever. Move I on. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah. Let's do NL Rookie of the Year,
0: which it's gonna stop now because it's Pete Alonso, and I don't yeah, think. Yeah. He uh, should, by yeah. the way, I really wish Jeff was on the show because this would be <laughs> the biggest gloat moment of our of our show all season long. Pete Alonso was my pick. That this is all I did. I Googled who was leading the league in like the Grapefruit or the Cactus League, whichever one the Mets are in. I think it's Grapefruit. Whoever was leading the league in average, I clicked on his name, looked at his history in the minors, and I'm like, I'm going with that guy. And holy <laughs> hell, did that just kind of blossom for me. Alonzo finished with a 260
1: batting average, 53 bombs, 100. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: guys. Uh, uh, oh, 53. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah. That is uh what did you say that's a National League record? National that's League a, That's record. a MLB record.
1: MLB okay, he yeah. broke
0: Aaron Judge's 2 years ago.
1: And I just want to go on record, I was telling Davis before the show that I picked him up off uh free agency in fantasy baseball in the first week. So he went on claimed, went to hit me 53 dingers this year, so can't complain about that. Simply amazing stuff.
0: So, all right, um let's go over to the other league with rookie of the year. And I think we're pretty much in the same consensus there. So we won't go too much in conversation with that, but your Don Alvarez of the Astros just completely annihilated baseballs as well. He didn't <laughs> really get to play as long as Alonzo. He might've been competing for the most home runs, but yeah, he was incredible for Houston.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, and I can relate this back because I'm not obviously an, an avid Astros watcher, but, uh, you know, he he stepped up big time when Springer went down. I had Springer on my fantasy team, and seemed like combined, he probably missed about six weeks of the season worth of injury. And um, Jordan Alvarez comes in, hits 313, hits 27 homers, has 78 RBIs. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like what he did, because the Astros are obviously poised to get back there again. So, uh, yeah, I, I would give him a nod there.
0: All right, so let's move on to something else that I think we can maybe argue about. Uh, the Cy Young, the I believe we said the American League first. Yep, yes sir. All right, all right. Um, there's no reason why Justin Verlander shouldn't win this award, and I basically am harking on the fact that his WHIP was ridiculous. I think in the modern era, through an entire season, it's the third lowest in the entire year with. Walks and hits allowed per inning pitched, he allowed point eight runners on base per inning pitched this entire year, which last time I checked is really good. It's four fifths of a runner. It's not even a full body on first base. <laughs> so, along with three hundred plus strikeouts and I believe leading the league in wins, if not Garrett Cole did. I mean those two were <laughs> just unstoppable. But Cole had a great year, but give it to Verlander again. He he's 36 years old and still showing dudes that he's the best pitcher in baseball.
1: And I will take the opposite stance because that's what someone at Pennsylvania does. I'm going with Garrett Cole. Um, As a former pirate, it's a nice way to stick it to the pirates organization. And he just had an unbelievable year finishing the season with 20 wins and five losses. I know I don't really myself. I don't really hold a lot of stock in wins and losses for a pitcher, but
0: no one really should.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's just, I, I found that pretty amazing. honestly, 326 strikeouts on the year, which is, you know, that's pretty incredible. Um, And a whip of .89 and an ERA of 2.50. I don't know. And, and I, I look more at his post-All-Star game numbers. It wasn't like 16 or 14 starts where he hit double-digit strikeouts each time. Like, I just so – it, it was it, almost like he wasn't off.
0: It's, a, it's nine games in a row where he had double-digit uh, strikeouts, which is an MLB record.
1: That's my case for him. That's why I'm going. That's why I'm going. Garrett Cole.
0: Uh, okay, well, I mean, I'm okay with Garrett Cole winning, just be for the simple fact that it is a uh, stick it to you Pirates kind but of like thing.
1: No one other than the two people we mentioned should win,
0: right? It, between <laughs> those two, you could include Charlie Morton, who that would be the ultimate LOL Pirates yeah, moment. That's I
1: think. Like
0: <laughs> but I mean, yeah. the, the year that Cole and Verlander had, it was basically stupid how well they were. So. Let's go to the NL, and I'm gonna let you lead off with this.
1: Yeah, uh, NL Cy Young. Um, I basically think it's between two pitchers. Um, I think you can list the other outliers that are in there, and then you say like Soroka's in there and a couple other guys, but uh, Strasburg's in there. But really, your two guys are DeGrom and Scherzer. Uh, Max Scherzer, uh, he missed a little bit of time with injuries this year, but still managed to uh. Strike out two hundred and forty-three guys. Uh, Nationals are obviously uh, playing. What what is it? They played tonight or tomorrow?
0: They played tonight. They
1: played tonight. All right. Yeah. Um, Scherzer's pitching. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I knew he was starting the wild card game. I just didn't know which night it was. Yeah. Scherzer's on the hill for that. Um, like I said, I I don't think you could go wrong with either Degrom or Scherzer. I uh, I'm actually pulling up Degrom's numbers right now. They both kind of. You know, didn't have a lot of wins and losses. There are no standouts like, uh, you know, Cole and Verlander had both. 11, one's eleven and seven, one's eleven and eight. Uh, but their strikeout and ERAs are pretty fantastic. And uh, like I said, I, I just I don't. It's between both of these guys, and you can make a case for either or. I don't <laughs> think the Mets get near where they are without the Grom,
0: though. Oh no, for, argument for sure. for the same. Um, but even with that. DeGrom is still dealt a bad hand for how well he pitches in most games and doesn't get the love. And that's where that win-loss kind of, you could almost say, factors in, but it shouldn't. Um, yeah. I, okay. I mean, I, I don't think it does. But you could also include Jin Ryu, we already said Soroka, and Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals. And I'm going to say, I'm just going to go real dark horse here, and I'm going to go with Jack Flaherty because already... this is, all right, Hear me out here for a little bit. I mean, Scherzer's a great pick, too. But Jack Flaherty had a a ridiculous, ridiculous second half of the season to get him to where he's at right now. I think after the first month, he had an ERA of four, or actually the first two months. He was able to lower that to 2.75 by the end of the year, which is the fourth lowest in the NL, which is also two spots above Max Scherzer at 2.92. Jack Flaherty also pitched the last game of the season, last three years, including this one, losing the previous two years, but it didn't come down to a a divisional appearance or even a playoff appearance. This year, it mattered when he pitched the final game of the year to win that division or go in as a wild card and go on the road. And he pitched lights out against the Cubs, allowing two hits, seven innings, no runs. And he just showed that he was a dog the second half, just like Jake Arrieta was. You could even include a little bit of Kyle Hendricks in 2017, but like, or 2016, but Jake Arrieta's run in 2015 is almost similar to what Jack Flaherty did. Or if you want to make it vice versa, it doesn't matter. Jake Arrieta had a no hitter, but I think Flaherty for what he did for the Cardinals and where they were going into the all-star break kind of put the team on his back. Each time he was on the mound, I believe there were six times when he allowed a run, in the second half in those starts had like he allowed a run. I don't even so, know if I said that correctly. <laughs> I'm kind of rambling. So Jack Flaherty is my pick. Well,
1: I was going to say to further your point, just cause I, I knew he existed, but didn't know what he was doing. Uh, his last six starts of the season were all quality. He went eight, eight, six, eight, seven, seven. Um, in each of his last six starts, which I mean, anytime I, I, I don't know many pirates pitchers that have made quality starts in the last three years, in <laughs> the last six starts. So, um, yeah, you know what? You make a good point for him because I remember uh, seeing him out there. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I don't—I'm not the baseball guy, but I saw a lot of people were kind of not dropping him, but they like it. Just he, he wasn't owned by everyone, but uh, to come back and do that and uh, finish with 231
0: strikeouts—that's uh, pretty good turnaround. All right, so let's wrap it up with the MVPs, and we're gonna go. Uh, You know what? I think because we're going to disagree on NL, let's go AL first because I don't don't know where you're going to go with this. But I'm going to give it to Alex Bregman. Now, you could say that um, that Mike Trout had a better year overall. But if we want to go into, I wouldn't say, you can't really say war because Alex Bregman had the second best war behind Mike Trout. But I think because of... Bregman playing all year and not getting hurt and <laughs> being basically the the best part of that Houston Astros lineup, which is comparable to the 1927 Yankees. I think for with everything that he's he's contributed to this Astros team, which is just a bully <clears throat> to most teams, it's incredible to what he's um providing. He has a two ninety six average 41 home runs, hundred, uh, 112 RBIs, drew 119 walks, and only struck out 83 times this season. Um, I don't really have the fielding stats up right now. Actually, He'll I don't. It. But he, he finishes 70 points in OPS behind Trout, actually 68. He had a 1015 OPS with a 592 slugging and 423 on base percentage. So I think it's going to be Alex Bregman over Mike Trout.
1: I mean, I like Mike Trout, and I obviously think that he is baseball's best player. But the argument you make for Bregman is obviously legit. Um, I I also I think this is one of those things where um, I mean, the Angels. It just sucks that Mike Trout plays for the Angels. Just let me say that because it's just I. They don't really have any other pieces. Just wait Um, till Joe Madden gets there. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, help is on the way, obviously, but I mean, like as of this moment, like it just. It sucks because Mike Trout is so good, but imagine imagine him playing with other good players. Like it's just, um, you know. And I'm not trying to dismiss Bregman's argument, but when you're, you know, when you have Jordan Alvarez, George Springer, Altuve, like, you know, your your numbers are going to be incredible. And uh, you know, for Trout to do what he does with that lineup, I mean, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Cole Calhoun, like, and uh, who, who's hey, he like has Albert Pujols. Oh, yeah, Albert Pujols, the 97-year-old version of him that hits, like, what he had, maybe 20 home runs this year and, like, 12 RBIs or something like that. Point is... That's he, impossible. I know, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely impossible Um, But, like, I, I don't know, like, Bregman puts up... I'm not saying he's bad by any means, but, like, those numbers, I don't want to say they're inflated, but when you play with that team, it, it, they're going to go up. Like, they, he's going to have an unreal year, especially where he hits in that order. Like, there's yeah. not one bad player in the Houston Astros lineup.
0: No, there really is them. Even but... their
1: bullpen catcher is good and could probably play.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you could also say that's part of the argument that that should negate him from winning because of the talent around him and what he's like basically doing to muster that. Because Mike Trout is just squeezing the juice out of a dry towel. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But <laughs> yeah, so that I don't know. I I think Bregman just because of the team that he's on is going to win it this year, and that's the end of my argument.
1: I think it's one of those things, and this kind of happened with McDavid last year in the NHL, is like, uh, you know, what do you define an MVP as? Like, is it someone that carries your team, or are you looking at the team around you in the supporting cast, too? Because then you can have two totally different definitions. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it it honestly is how you look at it.
0: So, all right. So, let's get to the NL MVP, and I'm going to let you lead off with this one.
1: All right. NL MVP, um, this will piss Jeff off, which makes me happy. But I think it's between two people: uh, Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers and Christian Yelich of the Brewers. Um, pretty much like that Yelly vs. Belly commercial, which honestly I hated with all my
0: being. But uh, but I'm it, it kind of set the stage for what was oh. happening for the rest of the year.
1: No, absolutely. Just the the nicknames and stuff. I just I was not happy with that. Um, but I am I am going uh, Cody Bellinger. Um, partly because he plays for the Dodgers, which is a world-class organization that makes a lot of people mad. Um, I know Cody Bellinger himself makes a lot of people mad. His girlfriend's an absolute rocket. Uh, Bellinger finished the year batting 305 with 47 home runs, 115 RBIs, um, and he even had 15 steals. Like, that's, you know, that's that's a well-rounded player right there. Um, And, I believe I don't know if it was last year that Bellinger slumped or the beginning half of this year or the, the beginning quarter of this year where he was just down and, and a lot of people were citing well, what he did previously.
0: So no, this year he started off red hot. Um, oh, okay. it was the year before that that, that happened.
1: because okay, yeah, everyone was questioning the sophomore slump. I guess I just didn't realize how old I am. But uh yeah, so you know, obviously he came back to form, hit uh finished finished bat in three oh five, and that's uh I don't know, he's my case, but I know you're going to say so differently.
0: I i don't know how you just read my mind there, but give it back-to-back <laughs> to, back to Christian Yelich. He's the only player to hit an 1,100 OPS right on the dot. He hit 1,100. He had a 6.71 slugging, 4.29 on um, base. The dude won a freaking batting title while losing to three other players when he got injured. Then that just shows you how maybe how bad the rest of the the rest of the players did down the towards the end of the year or it just shows you how good he he really was to that team and you know how everyone was hinting at the fact that he could that Acuña Jr could do the 40-40 season the 40 home runs 40 stolen bases and kind yeah. of steal the MVP i don't think Christian Yelich was going to re- reach it but he had 44 home runs when he got hurt and he had 30 stolen bases as well this man was stealing bases when he was drawing the walks, which was eighty. He was hitting for extra base hits. He had twenty nine doubles, three triples, and forty-four home runs, which I also believe the forty-four was third highest, fourth highest in the majors or in the NL behind Alonzo, Suarez, Bellinger as well. I don't see how in this injury could negate him from winning. What, is, what will be back-to-back MVPs plus not to say that he is the reason why they're in the playoffs, but when he got injured, this team kind of said, you know, let, I'm just going to use like, you know, the do it for the Gipper, like did it, do it for Yelly, And they went, I believe on an 18 and five run or 18 and four run in the last 22 without their best player, without the MVP of the league. I think what he did kind of set up the rest of the team to kind of show off what they could do for him. So, I don't know. It kind of negates what I just said about Bregman, but give it to Christian Yellich. I think he deserves it over Ballinger.
1: I had that queued up. I was going to be like, every argument you threw towards Bregman is now out the door when you bring up Yellich. Um But no, it, it's uh, it's funny because you, you're obviously going to best me in a stats game. I, I came into the show unprepared like I was telling everyone.
0: You're going to get I'm- me in hockey. It's fine.
1: Uh, but, but, but the season hasn't even started yet, so it's all going to be prediction based. So I can't get you yet, honestly. Well, uh, this is
0: essentially predicting who will win based off what the writers think.
1: Well, true. I mean, no, Ron Cook has a vote, which is a crime, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, uh, Yelich is definitely good, honestly. Like, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I just like Bellinger more as a player because of personal bias there. Um, and Bellinger has tougher kneecaps.
0: So, you know, oh, boo, this <laughs> is where this is trolls that coming in here. <laughs> yeah, you beat me with stats. So I had to go as I had to go be a troll. All right. So, all right. That, those were our predictions. Um, we didn't have any of Jeff's. It was kind of last minute that he couldn't make it. So we're just going to maybe let him just say voices opinions on the Twitter or the Facebook and he can respond to us. So let's move on. Jeff, or Jeff, I'm okay. sorry. Let's just restart the Sign entire out. show. I'll, I'll <laughs> see you. I'll just talk to myself. Yeah, that works. Um, Zach, um, let's move on to the playoffs. They start tonight with the Washington Nationals hosting the Milwaukee Brewers. Who wins tonight?
1: Ah, uh, I don't see how you lose with shares on the Hill going go Nationals.
0: I, I agree with you. This is kind of g- going to be like rapid fire. Um you have a little bit of discussion on why you think a team will win the series, but yeah, I I I don't see how the Brewers win against Max Scherzer on the mound, even for as well as they play towards the end of the year, which I guess I could also include they weren't playing very good teams down this stretch. So oh, yeah,
1: they're definitely not.
0: All right, let's move on to the American League wildcard game, which will be tomorrow night. Um, you have the Oakland Athletics hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. I am maybe gonna go with Tampa Bay here because I think there's questions about who will start and who will kind of relieve for the Oakland Athletics. And I think it'll be too much um too much of like a Billy Bean show, too much of a money ball show when it comes to how the they approach the game. And I think Tampa Bay is just kind of gonna find a way to get the firepower with the offense rolling and I believe Charlie Morton's pitching. If he gets the ground balls going, it's, it's almost a, impossible to hit on that shot. guy.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I myself, uh, just because they have a bunch of former pirates. And to be honest with you, I couldn't name one Oakland athletics player that wasn't suspended or hurt. AKA Sean Manea. And, uh, who's their one pitcher that got busted for steroids this year. Uh, he's back now. Um, yeah, he, oh, well, he, sh-
0: he shouldn't be back cause it's the playoffs. Oh yeah.
1: He'd be ineligible. Yeah. Good point. Um, I can't
0: can't think of his name. But you you could say Marcus Semien. We said his name a little bit before the show.
1: Yeah, but you had to teach me that Marcus Semien was an Oakland Athletic.
0: That is true. uh, Okay. So, so yeah,
1: I'm going Tampa Bay in this one.
0: All right. So, let's go with the – let's do the entire NL first. So, we both have Washington winning. They would be playing the Dodgers first round. Who do you have in that one?
1: Uh, I am rooting for the internet on that one, my friend. That will be an unreal Twitter battle between – both fan bases and then obviously us who don't have a real baseball team that we can chime in. Um, Realistically, I hate them, but I think the Dodgers win that one.
0: I think the Nationals pull it off. I think this will be their very first divisional series win since moving back to Washington. And, And if memory serves me correct now, because the Capitals won the Cup, it'll be Washington's second conference championship appearance between all four sports in the new millennium of the 2000s
1: was that counting the mystics no (laughs) (laughs) all right fair fair okay so Um, next round banners there yeah
0: on the other end uh we have the atlanta braves hosting the st louis cardinals who do you or i'll go first in this one and although i think the Cardinals will steal game one with Jack Flaherty. I think with the rest of the pitching staff on the Cardinals, we won't be able to handle the bats of the Atlanta Braves. So there you go, Jeff, the Atlanta Braves winning the first round.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm also taking the Braves. I just, I, 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 uh, Cardinals pitching is pretty questionable after apparently Jack Flaherty. Um, They have that miles Nicholas guy who looks like an eighties porn star with his mustache. But I mean, don't don't doubt the stash though. Oh, I'm I'm friends with Stash. I love Stash. But uh yeah, no. Uh I just don't see the Cardinals beating the Braves.
0: So yeah. Alright. And then at, at some point if you have time, Google have you seen Mike Fire's beard recently?
1: Uh M L R,
0: one of the MLB the cut four. Let's see.
1: The, Mike cut for,
0: the, the cut four had that out, and uh, it's a glorious beard. So uh, as you look that up, I have the NLCS as the Braves and the Nationals, and this is where Jeff will hate me. The Nationals with that pitching staff don't roll through the Braves, but they get through the Braves in six games and go on to the World Series.
1: That beard is incredible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is absolutely that is a work of art actually
0: oh yeah it's beautiful so (laughs) i I think your nlcs would be dodgers and braves who who do you have there
1: uh yeah between dodgers and braves i would take the braves
0: you're just you're just pumping jeff up right now
1: uh yeah but he's gonna have a heartbreaking ending so stay tuned
0: oh that's a He, he, he,
1: he can get to the world series but the final goal is to win it all isn't it
0: I mean, during all those division title wins in a row, they were only able to win once out of how many appearances.
1: That's fair. Yeah.
0: So, all right. So you have the Braves. I have the Nationals. People can make fun of me later for that pick when they lose tonight (laughs) against the Brewers. Um, Let's go over to the AL. We both had Tampa Bay winning. So we have the Houston Astros hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. Who would you have in that one?
1: Honestly, I don't really know much about baseball postseason, what they're going with, but that that sounds like a really fun series. Um, And the first round for baseball is five games, correct? Yes. Oh, man. That sucks. That has to be a short series. But I would take the Astros three games to two in game five.
0: I think the Astros get it done in four because with Charlie Morton going the first game, the one question mark with the Rays is, can Blake Snell provide like he did last year, even though they didn't make the playoffs and will Tyler glass now be able to still pitch the way he has, even though he's only pitched two months, we'll see how he does against the best lineup in baseball. I don't know if he pitched against him at all this year. I could easily look that up, but I'm not going to. I think think the Astros win that series against the Tampa Bay Rays in four games. So as you frantically search that I will introduce the next matchup between two 100 win teams between the New York Yankees and the Minnesota Twins. The Yankees will be hosting the Twins. And as much as I kind of root for the Twins upsetting the Yankees, I think the Yankees go through this series in four or five games.
1: Yeah, I hate the Yankees, but I I could even see a a sweep, honestly. Oh, wow. Uh,
0: You're not even Maybe not even giving the Twins a chance here.
1: I don't. I want them to prove me wrong. But and, and first, normally this is how it works: is if I root first, against them, it'll happen.
0: First team to hit three hundred home runs in a in a season: the Minnesota Twins.
1: Did Nelson Cruz hit two hundred of them? I uh, you know you know what they have Kepler too. I forgot about Kepler. You know what? Yeah, 40, three forty-three games
0: to forty-one. It's win one. Oh, and playoffs. okay, yeah, yeah. Nelson Cruz hits yeah. <laughs> a walk-off.
1: up. Yeah, Twins are winning one.
0: Okay. Yeah. Game three, they hit a walk off.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, no, I like I like that prediction. So, did you find the glass now? I'm looking for it
1: right now. Even this is new for me searching baseball stats. What are we looking for? Oh, How no, no. the Astros?
0: If he even pitched against them. Oh, let's see. I mean, there's only two times that the that the Rays played the Astros, and. You know, Glasnow was hurt for most of the season.
1: Yeah. Let's see. Game log. Let's see.
0: I mean, all you have to do is just search and see, you know, when yeah, they played each other. Dollar audience.
1: Dollar audience. Okay. Wait. Okay. So he pitched March 30th against Houston. So way beginning of the season. 3 uh, 1. He pitched five innings, six hits, one run, uh, one walk, and four strikeouts.
0: So. And that was probably it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm looking through it now. Yeah. That was his lone appearance against the Strohs
0: opening day <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> yeah. not opening day but opening series opening
1: series I'm sure that game got pushed back six weeks due to weather because you know how the first week of baseball season is
0: yeah well I mean Tampa has a dome and Houston has decent weather so it's true so all right let's let's move on I think we both have the same ALC as Astros and Yankees which everyone wants to see <laughs> this was the matchup from 2017 where the Yankees you could say almost stole it from the Astros, but the Yankees came out uh, losing in Game 7 to Stop the Astros. Um, Zach, who do you have in that one? So, I'm going to pick the
1: Yankees because I want the Astros. Um, that's usually how it works. Honestly, oh, no, the
0: reverse psychology.
1: Yeah, reverse. I'm hitting them with it. Um, honestly, though, I like I said, I preface this with I hate the Yankees, but I think this would be a very good series. Um, I... You know, it, it, I think that one either goes six or seven regardless. I think it's going to happen again. Um, I'll say Yankees in seven because my heart wants the Astros.
0: I think the Astros do win this series. I think they get it done in six games as well. Um Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander are going to be the biggest pieces to win these ball games and go deep so that the bullpen doesn't have to work much against this. Another heavily... Uh, a heavy hitters lineup, 14 different players with double-digit home runs for the Yankees, also a Major League Baseball record. Not so, a big deal. Not a big deal. Well, the, the ball's juiced anyway, so who That's cares? Yeah. Um, but I think the Astros end up winning this, even though like you want the Astros to win. You're trying to pull the reverse psychology. I think they actually do get it done, and the Astros move on to the World Series for the second time in three years. So, it's World Series time. You have the 1995 World Series matchup between the Yankees and Braves. Uh, I can double check that. So, you know, you have Yankees and Braves, and you may have already spoiled it, but just go ahead. Who do you pick and why?
1: I am absolutely going to be a big-time Yankee guy in this one, partly because of Jeff, um, and because Sid Bream broke my heart still, (laughs) even though I wasn't alive for it. But I still am shook by it. honestly like I said I I just don't see the Braves winning the entire thing but I I can see them making it to there um but yeah I just think the Yankees get it done as much as that pains me to see um you know honestly I'll do a bold prediction for this one I say six games I don't think it goes seven and I don't think it's I don't know that just seems good seems Uh, right
0: it was 1996 that the Yankees beat the Braves in the World Series four games to two
1: it's happening again
0: (laughs) Joe Torrey against Bobby Cox. What a matchup.
1: Oh my God. Do Bobby Cox get ejected at all, Tina?
0: Oh, I guarantee it. Every Those single of
1: ejections where just storms out there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I have the Astros and the Nationals, which I think would probably be going down as one of the best trio of pitchers for each team to face each other in the World Series. Because if done correctly, Zach, you have Justin Verlander against Max Scherzer in game one who former teammates go up against each other in the World Series. Unbelievable. After that, you have Garrett Cole against Steven Strasburg. You could argue that they have chips on their shoulders, um, and they each went as number one picks in their draft, I think in consecutive years as well. So another great matchup. And then Game 3, you would have Patrick Cordman against Zach Greinke, who you could not really say that they're forgotten, but they are still dogs out there on the mound who may have gone under the radar because of their oh, age.
1: Oh, Frankie and Corbin would be nine, 80% of teams aces. I, you know, <laughs> like, the way the, the way they just happen to be three guys on this is, like, hilarious. Um, yeah,
0: so I, every one of these pitchers could be an ace on almost any other staff. And yeah. I think it has to go to the Houston Astros because of the overall dominance of the lineup that they, they bring each time because I think the pitching is basically even. It'll come down to, well, A, if the Nationals' bullpen can hold up, and B, if the Astros' bats get shut down or not, which I don't think will happen. I think they win the series in five games if it's those two teams. Like It'll be a quick one, but I don't know. I'm excited for as much baseball as possible as we head into the postseason. Um, any last words?
1: yeah yeah absolutely i I want to add one thing like i said i have the yankees in the world series but that means i'm rooting for the astros so if we if i got the astros versus braves matchup that'd be incredible too that's what i'm really hoping for
0: i'm just gonna fill in jeff's pick he picks the braves because i there's no other way he doesn't
1: yeah that makes sense that makes sense
0: all right it's it's time for you to shine now some hockey talk
1: (laughs) yes yes let's uh let's go with some hockey let me ask you are you excited for the season
0: yeah. Um, well, maybe not as a Penguins fan, but at least <laughs> overall for for the sport, because it I think with how I follow sports, this is the final month of baseball. Um, I am heavily into football because of like fantasy football and like DraftKings and all that other stuff. I love to lose money; that's why I do it. And to fill in the void between each one of those weeks, especially after uh, baseball is over, hockey comes in to fill it in for me. So it's a nice way to kind of get more sports, I guess, engraved in my brain forever. So I think with the way the playoffs went last year, it's more reason to be excited this year. And I don't know. I kind of hope the blues just kicked the capitals ass the first night. How about it?
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Honestly, play Gloria forever. <laughs> Best win song I've ever heard. Uh, I don't know if you saw my Snapchat it out on the 4th of July. I was not in a good spot. Um, uh, Alcohol wise and dance to that, it was very entertaining.
0: Uh, I kind of remember those snaps, so (laughs) all right, so let's get into more predictions. It's not really talk about the NHL, but it is predictions. We, I think we picked up like three awards to uh, uh,
1: division previews first.
0: I was thinking we could save that for last. Okay, that works for me. I think those are more enticing than these. So, what would be the first award you want to predict?
1: So the heart trophy, it's a standard trophy. It's usually best player in the game. Um, I know for a fact that I, the, the names are going to be mentioned again. It's going to be, uh, Nikita Kucherov, Connor McDavid, Patrick Kane, probably Sidney Crosby and, uh, Austin Matthews in the running. Uh, it's pretty much the player most valuable to their team. So it's kind of like the MVP. Um, but normally, it's just the best player. It's kind of, you know, how it's kind of gone. Because um, I I do think McDavid would have won it last year had he uh, been healthy. But he kind of, yeah. And Oilers. But, uh, yeah. So, it's pretty much, if you can name the good players in the NHL, most of them are, aside from McDavid, are on good teams. So, obviously, Kucherov won it last year. Um, I fully expect the Lightning to Lightning again this year. Probably have about 50 wins. And crap the bet in the playoffs. What say you?
0: Well, I I just kinda want to throw out a dark horse and say Nathan McKinnon could make a run for it this year because Great. of what they've done in Colorado. Um That's and if you and if you've listened to the show recently, we have adopted them as the second favorite team of the show, the Colorado Avalanche. So if you want to jump on board with that, all aboard.
1: I'm looking for a new good a new first team to root for.
0: <laughs> so
1: Pick the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, we're gonna be Abs of Anarchy. So follow along for that. <laughs> what is that? A
0: A O A.
1: Yeah, A O A. So yeah, anyone that wants to uh, follow the Twitter, it'll be it'll be live at 9 p.m. tonight. All
0: oh. right. So, um, I mean, it's hard to not say Nikita Kucherov because the Lightning didn't really lose much, and based off the projections, if he has. A healthy year this year there's no reason why he should be under 100 points and there's really no reason why the lightning shouldn't be the number one overall seed in the east but to just be a little bit different just to be edgy yeah exactly i'm gonna be just a little bit edgy and a little fanboyish here as well i love connor mcdavid i think he was just given a bad hand last year because of the coaching change and having another dude who put up 100 points with him leon Dreidseidel. I'm, I'm going to say Connor McDavid because I think the Edmonton can make a playoff push. If they make the playoffs, Connor McDavid wins the award.
1: So that's definitely bold. That is definitely bold. Um, it's just I, I look at teams like the lightning and they just, they do it right. Like I, I, they somehow have the best goal in the league. They somehow force Dan Girardi to retire and then just somehow get Kevin Shattenkirk for like seven cents. Like, Shattenkirk was not good with the Rangers while he was making a bunch of money, but now I'm pretty sure he's coming in making like $1.25 million. Like, he'll be it, a third pair guy,
0: but it's unbelievable. Is that a smart move by the Rangers buying him out? Um, I see both sides to it. I think that he
1: was still really good, but for what he was making in the youth movement they're trying to instill up there, I think they pretty much saw it as a way to get more young guys in there. But
0: that's just me. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, you have your pick. I have my pick. What's next? Oh, let's do the Vesna Trophy, an award that Matt Murray will never
1: win. That's for best <laughs> goaltender.
0: And, and I, I always like to throw out there in case you do listen, because I, I don't know. Not everyone listens to the show. So, in case you do listen, uh, I love goaltenders and goaltenders that play well. So, I like this award.
1: So, you're not a Matt Murray guy?
0: No. I mean, what he did in the playoffs yeah but aside from like regular season matt murray and even some of the goals he would let in during those stanley cup runs yeah not the best i think financially and for the future it was the right move but we can argue about that another time i like it i respect that um so yeah who are you going with Who
1: who's your uh
0: well i am a fanboy of jordan Bennington now because of what he did to end the regular season and ultimately win the cup in the playoffs as well. The best comeback story, one of the best comeback stories of all time, let alone the NHL. And you also have Vasilevsky, like you said, one of the best goaltenders in Tampa. They just know how to do it right. You could also, I don't know, is Ben Bishop good enough again to have the run that he did uh, last I year? I think Ben Bishop's very good. Um, and the fact that he was the lightning goalie before Vasilevsky because of the injury he had against the Pens, they've had the two best goalies. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. get it in Tampa Bay how they never won.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, plus, I think the team around Bishop got better. I mean, Klingberg's back. I, I'm specifically citing defensemen because that's how goalies, you know, usually have success. Uh, Heiskanen, obviously, really good. Um, who am I missing from that? But, but yeah, I, I just uh, I, I like Ben Bishop a lot.
0: Um You know what, I am going to go with Ben Bishop Just to stay edgy and bold Because I like to live life in the fast lane So absolutely. give me Ben Bishop Having a better year than last year Getting the Dallas Stars to a Let's say a second place finish in their division Which is a little bit of a spoiler
1: <laughs> No, not not a bad prediction, honestly I mean, keep in mind They did get uh Corey Perry on a one-year deal And they're also getting I think he had 38 or 40 goals last year Joe Pavelski so I think that uh, was
0: the, the big move for them, I think. Yeah.
1: For Oh, for sure. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, they're going to be Pavelski and Sagan together. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that. Um, I, I'm, I'm torn on this one between, uh, I think I like Vasilevsky just because it's best regular season goalie and, um, you know, the lightning or the lightning in the regular season. I just, I, I predict them being incredible as always. Um,
0: he could have a revenge tour because of the, the playoff appearance last year,
1: yeah. But they'd actually need to have that revenge tour in the playoffs,
0: <laughs> like true. But I'm, it, I'm it, saying he could yeah. even be better in the regular season next year because of that,
1: yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I think they'll come out, uh, but, but I mean, at the same time, it's, it's one of those things in hockey where I just don't know how motivated you are during the regular season because you know, you know, it's the lightning you're making the playoffs. Um, I just I, I it'll be interesting to see how they actually if they do anything during the trade deadline, how they are. But they're just they're just such a unit of a team that uh I, I think it'll be hard to say anything until they actually get to the playoffs. All right, um,
0: let's do one more. Unless you have anything else on that.
1: Oh, well I d I didn't pick my goalie. Oh my I,
0: god. I, wow, I'm out of it.
1: I was going Vasilevsky, but I just I threw in the, you know, that's the fact they're Tampa and then you asked me the question. Um Another intriguing pick for me, just because I want to see how the change of scenery holds up, is going to be Sergei Bobrovsky. Signed a seven-year deal, or was it eight-year deal, down in Florida this offseason.
0: Seven-year, uh, but I'd t- I take a hard pass on Bobs.
1: I, I would, too, but, I mean, it's just something, because he's always usually plays Unreal during the regular season. I think that team uh, is just as good as CBJ was, if not a little better. Uh, Barkov's incredible. Um, I don't know. I I I like Vasilevsky, but it's two guys that I would keep an eye on as well.
0: Okay. All right. So we got one more award, I believe.
1: Uh this one is an award that Chris Letang will never win. This is the Norris Trophy Award.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I mean, do you have what's the forecast for those? Like give some players. Uh your same
1: players that are not French Canadian that are always up top there. Um I'm talking uh Carlson, Burns. Uh, let's see, I think Subban's going to be up there this year, I love that Devils team uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of any other standouts in my mind uh, John Carlson in the Caps, probably going to be there um, trying to think of a dark horse that I could you know, maybe see in the running there um, I like Roman Yossi, but uh, he's just not really a point producer and I feel like that's what you look for in the Norris Trophy guys but that's, I'm actually going to go dark horse, so I'm going I'm to say Subban wins it this year I uh, okay. I like Devils that much, and I want to see what they do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the fit with the Devils, at least for what they kind of ran back in the early two thousands when they were making Stanley Cup appearances, and I believe even winning one early two thousands or late nineties. I can't really remember, but you you have a good fit for Subban there. But I do think it will come down to a defenseman scoring a buttload of points and maybe not playing the best defense. So, enter Brent Burns, who hey. I think will probably, I'll take a guess and say, I think he'll average a point a game. Yeah, I'd, I'd take that. I mean... 82? 82, 82, if he plays that many games, 82 yeah. points will be what Brent Burns will, will get, which I think will lock up a Norris Trophy for him.
1: Yeah, I could I could see that. I, I, I like Brent Burns in the- and the fact that it, him and Carlson on that power play together, that's still fun to watch.
0: And now that doesn't mean he won't be in a range between like plus five and minus two on the plus minus, but I think he'll be able to at least generate more points and he'll give up while he's on the ice.
1: I, I definitely agree with that. I, uh, that Sharks team's still good despite losing Pavelski and, uh, you know, I it does suck the power plays and shorthanded goals don't count towards plus minus because a lot more players would be positive, especially on that team.
0: True. So all right. And then I think that's it for our individual awards.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll uh we'll laugh at this halfway through the season. But then uh yeah, would you like to end with a uh division sort of preview?
0: I would love to do that. So I think what we were thinking of was we'll kind of list the teams randomly if you want to say it that way with a division winner in mind and then if you kinda want to place all the other teams throughout there as well first through eighth for all the divisions except for one because hockey's weird. Um (laughs) so where do you want to start with in the divisions?
1: So you know we were talking about them being an absolute powerhouse. Let's just start in the Atlantic division. Yeah the lightning the Bruins the Leafs Canadiens Panthers Sabres Red Wings and Senators. Um In my opinion, there are three teams in this division, um, and they are the top three listed, the Lightning, the Bruins, and the Leafs. Um, You know, I think Boston's good, but I think Toronto's going to be better this year. Um, You know, they they got rid of uh, Nazem Kadri and brought in Tyson Berry. Their defense got some much-needed help. Um, Boston, I mean, I, I think they locked up Charlie Coyle. Uh, and maybe some other small moves. I don't really recall Boston getting any big-name guys. But uh, I like I like the Lightning and the Maple Leafs specifically. And then, uh, you know, the Bruins, if I had a third team. Everyone
0: else is garbage. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to piece this out real quick. You got the Lightning on top. I think the Maple Leafs jumped the Bruins. For some reason, I think the Maple Leafs finally get a first-round win against the Bruins as well. That'll be for later when I'm wrong about all of this. and. <laughs> The Bruins in third. I think the Panthers get fourth in the division and get a playoff spot. I am not a fan of Bobrovsky, but I'm a fan of Quinville and what he can do to kind of maybe motivate a team. Um, That doesn't mean he he has the talent to get it done, but we'll see how the beginning of the year starts for the Panthers. After that, I could say the Canadians, then I'll say the Sabres, then the Red Wings and the Senators.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, there's seven teams, because I don't count Ottawa. They're just... Unless they take Jack Johnson's <laughs> contract, then I will buy a Senators jersey.
0: I um, still have it up here, the odds to win the Stanley Cup, and the Ottawa Senators, plus 20,000. Plus 20,000, so, yeah. So get your, odds in.
1: get your odds in right now.
0: That's a four-short uh, bet. Do it before they get hot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, before they start the season off 1-0. <laughs> All right. Well, so if they're
0: playing the, the Penguins the first game of the year, they might start 1-0, right?
1: Oh yeah, I would go out and i put my all, all my money on the uh sense. So yeah. let's uh let's go to the Metrosexual division now. That is the one where the penguins are in. Um if you follow what here, you did there. we call it the Metrosexual. Uh so this division should be shouldn't be shy to anyone. You got the caps, the penguins, the hurricanes, the flyers, the devils, islanders, rangers, and jackets. Um <laughs> this one is, is really wide open. Um caps are gonna be there. Penguins should be there. I really like the Hurricanes this year. Um, They didn't really do much in the offseason. They did get Jake Gardner. Um, Devils, I love the Devils team. Drafting Jack Hughes, getting Wayne Simmons, bringing in PK Subban. Uh, New look for that team. I love it. The Islanders just beat the wheels out of the Penguins. So, I mean, they're not going to be relevant when it comes to this. But, I mean, I think they got worse. Uh, They lost Robin Leonard, which feel-good story there. Rangers, I don't expect them to really be in it because of their rebuild, but bringing in Panarin can make anyone sort of a win-now team. So uh, they're kind of a question mark for me. Need to see how those young guys do during the uh, season, but I, it'll be an intriguing team moving forward. Uh, and CBJ doesn't really wow me this year. I don't even think they know who their own goalie is, and uh, they lost Panarin. I, yeah, I just, I'm not high on CBJ this year. So if I had to pick...
0: I'm gonna say it'll be between the Caps, the Hurricanes, and the Devils. So you're really high, buying high on this Devils team this year, dude. I love it. I love it. It's
1: and they're they sort of abandon their trap mentality too. It'll be fun to watch. You can sign them up for four free wins against the Penguins. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um.
0: So, all right. So you said the Penguins fourth.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I'd go Penguins fourth in this one.
0: Do they make the playoffs? <laughs>
1: uh, yes, yes, they make the playoffs, uh, but it's a short-lived year again.
0: Okay, all right, just had to make sure. And then, All right, so what I'm going to do here, um, I mean, it's hard to say the Capitals won't win the division again.
1: Yeah, Capitals.
0: They... Yeah, I mean, they have the, the best goal scorer in the league. You can at me. Especially on the power play, which someone, the team still can't figure out how to defend Ovechkin on the power play. It boggles my mind that he doesn't move and still scores goals. Um, After that, I think that, yeah. And then I think the Capitals win the division. I think the Hurricanes make improvements and finish second in the division. They get a little bit younger because Justin Williams can't make up his mind if he wants to play hockey or not. So (laughs) if he doesn't, you kind of get younger there. You have, essentially the same core that you did from last year going into this year. Um, after that, it's hard for me to not put the Islanders there because of how well Barry Trotz is as a just a head coach in general. Um, and then I'll put the Penguins fourth in making the playoffs because I don't want to be the idiot that says, you, with a team with Sydney and Gino doesn't make the playoffs, you're going to predict yeah. that at the beginning of the year. I think that's just outrageous.
1: That's the only reason I'm not counting them out yet is just because of that, uh, because of having Crosby Malkin.
0: Um, I think the De- good. Oh, sorry about that. I think the Devils finish fifth, Rangers sixth. Um, who am I missing here? Um, Blue Jackets get last, and the Flyers get seventh.
1: I like that. I respect that. I, I one thing I wanted to touch back on that that I missed about the Penguins is um, I want to see Alex Galchenyuk because I have so many questions uh he looked unreal in the one preseason game that he did play absolutely rocketed a shot on a one-timer I think it was from Malkin too um but he's kind of hurt uh from what I've read he's kind of injury prone because I didn't really follow the Coyotes that much um but if Galchenyuk can pan out then the Penguins might not be that bad but they still have Jack Johnson so (laughs)
0: we'll see what they do with him throughout the year that might that might change because like I said does Jack Johnson have the power to bring down the entire team again
1: uh absolutely. He's already brought me down mentally, physically, and emotionally. Now he just needs to bring down the team again.
0: Okay. All right. So that's the, that is the eastern side. Let's go to the western side.
1: All right. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, Nashville Predators. Oh, yeah, okay, Central Division. Sorry about that. Uh, we'll, we'll do Nashville, Colorado Avalanche, Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, Dallas Stars, Winnipeg Jets, Minnesota Wild, and Chicago Blackhawks. This division, man, there is a lot of talent in there.
0: Um, all all these, all teams, seven teams
1: could, <laughs> or yeah, all seven. Well, well uh, Chicago sucks, but I mean, like, they're all good in their own. Like, the top three that I mentioned—Nashville, Colorado, and St. Louis—are incredible. Uh, Dallas, I, I love them. We were just talking about them. Minnesota, eh, take well, it's whatever. Yeah, uh, it, right. In Winnipeg, uh, you know, they lost guys like Truba uh Bufflin doesn't know if he's playing again but but they're still a formidable opponent they're at arena rocks so i mean i'd never count them out um so i'm breaking this down a little bit the avs are my clear favorite out of this i mean i the blues are your stanley cup champion yes but the avalanche man you have mckinnon landis cog Rantanen, uh new edition nazim kadri uh they added Jonas donskoy over the offseason uh, that, that team, and they still have so much cap room because half those guys are on their entry level deals or just sign these little like, these deals when they still have so much cap left. Uh, Don't
0: forget about Kale McCarr.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. McCarr was the other one I meant to t- touch on. Yeah. But, yeah, McCarr is a stud, too.
0: Um, Isn't that team's loaded. The goalie? What's that? Vallamo. <laughs> is Pickard the goalie? Uh, he might be their backup. I'm trying to think who the starting goalie is because I think that's the Barlamo only question. Of okay oh well, yeah blah, started blah, blah. And they had right.
1: the card because um they were saying that was one of the teams that uh rutherford was looking to send either to smith or yari to because obviously there's a drastic drop off um between twos and threes there um so yeah i love the abs team i think that's the most talented and the, and the worst thing for every other opponent in the league but the best thing for the avalanche is they still have a lot of cap room to play with i don't have uh you know what Stall these people for a second I, i'm curious for myself now cat friendly i just want to see how much uh all
0: right so i'm gonna go with the avalanche winning as well because they're the adopted team of this podcast and everything that you mentioned as well there's so much reason to be excited for this team for what they did the, the avalanche
1: still have 6.5 million in cap space that is incredible i didn't mean to cut you off but that is legitimately unreal
0: so i think the avalanche and because of that reason as well you have young <laughs> talent out there there's like I said, a lot of reason to be excited. After that, give me the, oh man, it's really tough. Give me the Dallas Stars because I think Ben Bishop even rocks everyone's world even better this year and they get more goal scoring out of it, which means more wins. After that, mm, this is so tough. Give me the St. Louis Blues because I love Jordan Bennington. I'm becoming a fanboy. National Predators get in as a wild card. They have a little bit of a drop off, but... I mean, I think it's going to be a super tight race between those those top four. After that, I like the I like the Jets being a fifth, Blackhawks being in sixth, and the Minnesota Wild finishing in last place. R.I.P. Bill Guerin. <laughs> no, I actually
1: like those picks. Um, so I guess you know we we're having abs guys, but uh, uh, Philip Grubauer is their starter. Pickard was nowhere to be found. Um, I think they still have Marlam off either that or he's doing something else now, but. Uh, But even still, that team's unreal, and they have uh, former Penguin legend Ian Cole. Yeah, um, very true. Yeah, any team with Ian Cole is a good team in my book, honestly, Um, except for the Penguins in their last year with Ian Cole. But, uh, yeah, that's beside the point. All right, onward to the Pacific Division. Did you finish, like,
0: your division? What's that? Did you finish the division? I just heard you talk about the Avalanche, and it just never stopped.
1: Oh, I guess I should pick these teams. Um, The Avs are my number one uh i give predators number no, yeah, you know what i'll give the blues number two uh but really a toss-up uh i like the predators a little bit more this year uh they added matt duchene down the middle uh then i like dallas then i like winnipeg then i like chicago and last but not least is bill Guerin's minnesota wild so you and i are definitely on the same page with that at least on
0: the bottom half all right yeah, We're good yeah. There. so introduce the last one
1: uh the last one, uh, the heavy hitters, the Pacific Division, got the San Jose Sharks, Calgary Flames, the Vegas Golden Flurries, Arizona Coyotes, a.k.a. Phil Kessel's team, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, Vancouver Canucks, the Ducks, and the L.A. Kings. Um, this is my by far my least favorite division. Um, none of these teams are really fun to watch except for Vegas and sometimes San Jose um now arizona with phil kessel that's true he, he better hope he plays with clayton keller every five seconds though because that'll <laughs> be uh he doesn't he's not gonna have anyone else um that said um if i had to rank these teams i'm going vegas first i love them they should have got past the sharks last year but of course five minute penalty which was totally staged and fake <laughs> uh, still bitter about that i'll put the knights first um, you know, honestly, I really hate every single other team. I I will go I will go Arizona just because of my blind loyalty to Phil Kessel and I will follow him into the dark with anything. Um Calgary, their big offseason acquisition was Milan freaking Lucic, so no. Um Man, all these teams suck, dude. Well, uh, <laughs> Vancouver might be the next best because I don't think you're ever bad when you have Patterson and uh, what's it called? JT Miller's on that team now. But Brock Besser, like, I, I like Vancouver, so I, I'd go. I'd go Vegas, Arizona, Vancouver. I was going to sure say I'm putting the Sharks up there. I'll give the Sharks fourth. I just don't, cool. They don't wow me. They lost Pavelski too. Martin Jones couldn't save a beach ball. I don't really like them. Um, uh, the Edmonton McDavid's I'd probably put in there. Um, LA Kings, and last but not least, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, a lot of that is biased because they decided to waive Daniel Sprong. So, yeah. And I really don't think the Ducks are that good. They'll go another year without Ryan Kessler this year. Uh, Corey Perry's gone, not like he was good. And that would leave, pretty sure, Andre Case to be one of their best players and Ryan Getzloff. That's just going off the top of my head.
0: All right. So, I would say with this division you would have the the Ducks in last, then the Kings second to last, the Canucks third to last, and then my playoff teams would be Edmonton at fourth, um Calgary Am I doing this right? No, there's 18. So, so another team would yeah. make it. I I would put Calgary as uh the fourth team. Um Oh, wow. Yeah, I just I'm bold. trying to be bold here too. Yeah. Um I'll have Arizona at fourth. Maybe not even making the playoffs. Maybe I'll give the uh, the Jets the the other playoff spot in the other division. Um, no, I'll just go with Arizona making the playoffs because Phil Kessel. Um, then <laughs> third, give it to Edmonton, Connor McDavid's because something happens and it's miraculous. After that, Sharks, number two, and Vegas, Golden Flurries number one. Um, (laughs) I think everything that Vegas has done since becoming a franchise has been amazing.
1: Locking up Mark Stone for eight years was a big deal. Um, Billy Carlson has a a revitalization to his career. That's true. Uh, They have the best goalie in the league by far. There's not anyone that comes close to being as good a goalie as who they have. Surprised Um,
0: that we didn't name him the Vesna winner.
1: Yeah, honestly, I mean the league just likes to hate Flurry, and you know that too. Um, no, I I really do like the Vegas Golden Knights. I I, I think they were wronged last year. I will fight that to the death. Um, but overall, that division's just not strong in my. Well, they're strong but not good. As in strong people. Right.
0: Okay, so I think that'll do it for us. It's it's been a long one here, so let's wrap it up, Zach. With our Stanley Cup winner of the year. This is when we really get to laugh at ourselves. <laughs> so, huh. Oh, God.
1: Stanley Cup winner for the entire year. Um, You know what? I am going to be bold here. And I do not like doing this, but I'm going to pick the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: Oh, my goodness. I the think Canadian team wins.
1: <laughs> yes. And, and, and mark my words, if they don't win, Mike Babcock is not the coach next year.
0: Oh yeah, I, I kind of, I, uh, I would say if they get to the conference final, Mike Babcock is still there. I could maybe see that, but putting it like this, barring barring everyone being healthy,
1: and them underperforming again, I just, I don't see it. They can't afford that. Oh, yeah,
0: those guys. Um. All right, I, no, I, I respect the bold pick. I'm also going to be, uh I guess you can't really consider this being bold, oh, okay. but. See. <laughs> no I'm not going to do that I actually want to go back to my odds here because I, I want to go with someone that maybe isn't top three um, Man. they have them really high for good reason too but give me the Colorado Avalanche the adopted squad of this team they're a plus 1300 they're behind Boston, Vegas, Toronto and Tampa Bay to win it all and right in front of the reigning champs, St. Louis Blues at 1500 so I like what Colorado is doing because they're young they can play fast and that's essentially how the Penguins won back-to-back Cups. Um, You can't really say the same about the last two teams that have won, but if the Penguins can win it back-to-back with essentially the same philosophy, Mm -hmm. I think, if healthy all year, that the Colorado Avalanche can do the same.
1: Honestly, I really like that pick, and I thought about doing them. Um, (laughs) The only reason I'm not going to pick them is because I hope that Jack Johnson will be a member of their team in the coming months.
0: No, don't do that to our team. (laughs) <laughs> Not your team, but mine and Jeff's to, team.
1: Man, I have to, I need Jack Johnson to be somewhere that isn't Pittsburgh,
0: and they have the money for him. I know they do, but who wants to pay for that? That's you. You bring up points, but I'm just I'm giving you my counterpoints. I think Jim Rutherford should trade him to a team that, and Jim Rutherford should pay seventy five percent of the rest of the salary just to get him away from the team.
1: I I would drive him to the airport. <laughs> Just, all right, right
0: um you introduced it at the beginning of the show so i'll let you end it with the show uh pens of anarchy promote it a little bit then i'll do the self-promoting as well
1: <laughs> awesome sounds good yeah guys so i appreciate you listening if you've made it this far which probably means when i tell my dad i came on a podcast that he will be one of those members um appreciate you listening uh yeah we start hockey season tomorrow look for a game day we always put it out usually a day before if we can uh twitter is at pens of anarchy facebook same thing uh, although no one really has a facebook anymore um can follow my personal at zach morris 82 and not not that we do outside hires but if you ever have a piece that you would like to write or contribute on the blog or if you want to go on a podcast dave the offer extends to you as well as we are planning a podcast here soon Uh, just reach out to me and uh we're always looking for guests and some interesting topics i know last year we talked about uh satellites in orbit somehow Yeah, I don't know how we got on that. I think it was a Trade deadline podcast that went off the rails. Wow, wow, that did go off the
0: rails. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, anyone's welcome. And, uh, yeah, I hope that you guys will uh, have me back on at some point to discuss some more of this stuff.
0: Oh, we definitely will, especially, I guess, maybe during the off season, or eh, who knows. Maybe we'll have you on next week, depending on what Hefe Boy's doing out there. So <laughs> I'll wrap it up on my end as well, because uh, I know it's been late, so the parents don't have to listen to us. Uh, banter on anymore. This is the Icy Takes podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at Icy Takes with Jeff and Big Dave. Follow us on Twitter at Icy Takes, I-C-E-Y Takes, all together one word. We spelled Icy incorrectly because we wanted to be that edgy. Edgy is the word of the podcast, by the way. Um You can also <laughs> follow me at Big underscore Day 52. You can also follow Jeff at J underscore 51. So as Zach sends other text messages there on the iMessage, I'm going to wrap it up here and you know hopefully we were good enough for you this week hopefully we're better next week but until then stay icy people